Howdy, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. My name is Michael O'Neill, and on this program, we talk about the principles of peace, social justice, eco-socialism, and grassroots democracy from the perspective of the Green Party. My usual co-host, David Cobb, is not with me this evening. Uh, he had a very important uh, personal matter to attend to uh, with uh, you know loving support. Uh, for someone in his uh, immediate world, uh, and so we wish positive vibes uh, to them. And I'm very happy that this evening we have Gloria Matera. She is uh, checking in with us as she does every month. She, Gloria is one of the co-chairs of the Green Party of the United States. She is also the co-chair of my state Green Party here in New York. And so I am thrilled to welcome back to A Green Way Forward, Gloria Matera. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm actually, I'm having a very green evening. I just was at a social gathering in support of worker cooperatives. And then I um, was uh, just listening to the uh, Fair Vote national briefing call on ranked choice voting. And so I'm, I'm and now I'm here. Now I'm talking to the, one of the co-chairs of the National Green Party. So thank you for putting a cap on my my green evening. Happy to be here. And there's so many ways to be green every day. And so I want to welcome everyone uh, who has tuned in. And if you're listening on our podcast feed at agreenwayforward.org, please do like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. If you're watching live, please share this live stream. We rely on word of mouth to defeat the Facebook algorithm. We rely on you to get non-filtered media out to break through the corporate media propaganda barrier. Please do post your comments and your questions to the live chat. I I'm doing double duty this evening as the you know primary host and executive producer. We will do our best to address your questions and comments. Um, but uh, I want to get right into the topics for this evening. Gloria, um, you and I are going to be at the Left Forum conference coming up this weekend. Uh, Left Forum held annually in New York City. From uh, this year, it's from the 28th to the 30th. I guess last year, they also started doing a West Coast Left Forum. So it's a a bi-coastal event at this point. And you and I are on a a couple panels together. Um, And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Let's see, the panel that we're on together. uh, Well, we are going to be talking about why ranked choice voting and proportional representation uh, are important. That why the, that should be important battles for socialists and the broader left to be involved in. And uh, what what do you think about that? Well, I mean, just uh, you know, just quickly for I, we can assume most people know about the Left Forum, but I'll just say kind of a quick. It's um, it's kind of a it's a, based in New York City uh, once a year, but it is this uh, kind of a huge gathering from all over the country and even people from outside of the U.S., kind of this left gathering of the left, right? And back in the day, it was very focused on kind of the intellectual and academic left, and I think it's really changed more kind of the activist left. Um, Gloria, you're cutting out a little bit. Um, and And so the Green Party, we have been involved, why it's important to socialists. And I think we have some uh, concrete examples right here in New York. 
um, both uh, in your area, uh, Syracuse and here in New York City. And of course, we know that greens around the country, particularly, you know, most recently in Maine, are leading the effort uh, on right choice voting in terms of uh, all elections, because we know that that is really true voter choice and democracy when we have a fair way of voting for the candidates that we want to vote for, not trying to stop the candidates we don't want to win. Exactly. And so when people talk about the effect of of a spoiler or spoiling on the election, as Greens, we argue forcefully that it's the system that's spoiled. It's not any one candidate that spoils an election. And to apply the term spoiler to a candidate is a term of political bigotry. It implies that there are particular candidates in the race who are entitled to the votes of one wing of the political spectrum or the other. And that's just simply not the case. We challenge that. And so uh, to the degree that the system is spoiled with this idiotic uh, backwards, first past the post winner take all system, we know that there are alternatives out there. Ranked choice voting for single seat elections is one of them, and also proportional representation. And when that's combined with ranked choice voting, you get single transferable vote, which is a very powerful system for ensuring a multiplicity of perspectives and the greatest possible representation of the public in government. And, uh, you know, Gloria, I'm pretty excited that actually we have a couple of of DSA members who are going to be contributing to our panel, uh, Jonah Martell and also Jamal uh, Abed-Rabo. They're both uh, DSA members who have written about why DSA and socialists need to get in the fight for uh, both ranked choice voting and proportional representation, but also other forms of, of electoral reform. Because regardless of the choices that DSA members are making in terms of running within the Democratic Party, it's just obvious that it's a benefit for the left to to break open the two-party cartel. At the very least, it's going to give socialists and leftists more room to maneuver if they're able to know that they can compete in elections and a more fair system outside of the two-party cartel. Uh, Gloria, do you believe that it's important for us to bring folks outside of the Green Party, including folks who are in organizations that are, for the most part, entering the Democratic Party, into this discussion, and, and why is that important? Absolutely, Michael. I mean, uh, as you were talking about that, I'm really excited about um, meeting the two BSA comrades uh, in person and participating with them. And you know, I think as Greens, what we need to know is that we can work in coalition. We can partner, um, you know, with a variety of organizations. Of the you know, on the left, from just slightly over, um, from the center to the left to the even the far left, on issues that are really connected to the four pillars of our party, the Green Party, Um, and that, in fact, it's a wider audience um, for us. I think the more people that hear about the issues that the Green Party takes up and the fact that we also have a ballot line and have the expertise of running candidates on those issues uh, is very different than some of the other organizations, obviously. And... um, you know, I, I take no hesitation in being on a panel with someone from DSA uh, for talking about the kinds of things like proportional representation, like single payer health care, like addressing the climate emergency with, you know, kind of truly, you know, system changing um, initiatives. And so, you know, I think this is going to be exciting to be able to do that. And it's 
something that we have done on and off in the past, invited other groups or individuals. And, um, you know, we're going to see what happens. Great. Well, I think it's great that we're having uh, that panel at Left Forum this week because it is a week of action for ranked choice voting as being organized by Fair Vote, which is a nonpartisan organization that has uh, been a leader in promoting more fair voting systems in the United States and Greens across the country. I think owe a lot to Fair Vote and their individual organizers who have been, uh, you know, just powerful allies in the fight for more fair voting representation. So if you're interested in that, please go to fairvote.org. They have a number of events slated across the week. They are encouraging people to get together in person for events, uh, but also they're having a a number of online events, including they're going to have like a ranked choice voting poll following the uh, Democratic presidential primary debates on Wednesday and Thursday. And so if you have friends and allies who are going to be watching those debates, let them know about fair vote and their RCV polls to promote awareness of ranked choice voting in other milieus. And so um, moving on, Gloria, I uh, wanted to, well, first I want to remind folks that you are uh, experiencing a green way forward, our weekly live stream from Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page and a podcast that we host at agreenwayforward.org. My name is Michael O'Neill. I'm speaking to Gloria Matera, uh, co-chair of the Green Party of the United States. And in National Green Party news, uh, I wanted to ask you, Gloria, about an update for the Green Party's annual national meeting coming up in Salem, Oregon. A- any new details to share about the yeah, annual meeting? Oh, sorry. No, Salem. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. I had a conference call today with someone in the <laughs> state of Oregon. So I've got <laughs> Oregon on my mind. That's okay, we're uh, not, staying on the not near, on. not nearly as well known as Georgia on my mind, but uh, <laughs> but yes, Salem, Massachusetts, and I got to remember that when I book my travel because that's important. Yes. I'd be going the wrong way. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Salem, Massachusetts, uh, and uh, what are the dates of that annual national meeting? Uh, I think it's July twenty fifth or sixth because workshops start on that Thursday and Friday, um, and then you know running through Sunday. I'm sorry, my calendar is not in front of me, but it should be the, I think, somewhere maybe between the 24th and the 27th. I think those are kind of big spans. Um, we can correct that in a minute. But um, I think, you know, more importantly, we're, the agenda is really coming together. Um, our preliminary workshop schedule is, is out. Um, we're going to go to gp.org and take a look at that. And it's going to be really uh, kind of exciting for Greens and people who are interested in learning about the Green Party. Uh, there will be workshops on uh, ranked choice voting and proportional representation, on on peace. Um, I think, Michael, you're doing a couple. Um, I, I am. Power analysis sounds really interesting. I don't know if people know a lot about that, but it's, it's really sounds like a great tool to put in our toolbox, the Green Party. Um, I'll be talking um, with David, uh, Skyping in, David Cobb, on the uh, four pillars and eco-socialism. Uh, there's a lot of uh, new uh, green activists doing panels, uh, as well as some of our, uh, you know, kind of tried and true Green Party leaders. We'll be hearing from Jill Stein and Ajamo Baraka, our dynamic uh, 2018 team, uh, sorry, 2016 team. 
uh, for president and vice president for the Green Party. And so uh, we're going to have some entertainment by Lee Camp. He's our special guest at our fundraiser. Right. I want to encourage people. There's a whole page just for the annual national meeting at gp.org. Excellent. And I'm going to put a link to that in the comments here. And I'm so happy to hear that um, we've got Lee Camp lined up. And uh, I want to uh, say that the two panels I'm, I'll, I'll be doing that weekend, one is going to be on live streaming, naturally en- enough. Uh, that's something I can blather on about for ages. And then, uh, and then the, the one on power structure analysis in which I will be stealing shamelessly from the work of Jane McAlevey and her two books, No Shortcuts and Raising Expectations and Raising Hell, which I you know, will not hesitate to promote at even the slightest prompting. So for those of you with a Green Way Forward bingo cards, you can check off Jane McAlevey on your card. Um, Hi, Michael, I just do want to also lift up the work of uh, you know, particularly the uh, Diversity Committee, uh, where they're going to have a film uh, and a two-hour kind of interactive presentation around anti-oppression um, is possible on Thursday. We may actually have this guest speaker also uh, talking on that topic. It's not confirmed yet, so I don't want to say anything. But, um, you know, this is something that, as Greens, we talk a lot about, uh, and we call others out on it. But we also, you know, are realistic that it's something we need to continue to learn continue to, uh, you know, kind of look within ourselves and our systems uh, to make sure that our party is kind of vote internally and what we're putting out externally is addressing the issues of oppression. And so that, you know, we need to understand what it means around uh, anti-oppression. We're not pointing at any particular individual, but we're really trying to understand that in this kind of, you know, white patriarchal system um, that most of us have grown up in. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And yes, I also want to lift up the work of everyone who's gone into organizing this uh, annual meeting. And I am personally very much looking forward to the anti-oppression training that you have described. Um, we just got a question from our comrade Lou and uh, asking, will the workshop on live streaming be live streamed? And I am <laughs> certainly planning on doing that. I will endeavor to that. It's a little hard to present a workshop and live stream at the same time. But uh, also that reminds me, we will almost certainly be live streaming some of our panels at Left Forum this upcoming weekend. So keep an eye on the Green Party of New York State Facebook page, where we'd most likely be live streaming from. And we will also do our best to share those to the Green Party of the United States Facebook discussion groups, which uh, I encourage folks to uh, join and to participate in. And uh, we'll, yeah, please do spread the word about that. So moving on, uh, unless you had anything else regarding the uh, national meeting, I did put the link to salem.gp.org in the, in the chat, and we'll include that in the show notes. So in other national news, uh, the Green Party uh, has called for restraint and peaceful resolution to escalating tension in Iran. Um, the, you know, the, the saber rattling from, uh, you know, the, the Trump administration's uh, officials against Iran, uh, Trump pulling back from bombing Iran, the media crediting Tucker Carlson, of all people, for uh, um, counseling Trump to show restraint regarding Iran. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, Gloria Matera, what is the Green Party of the United States line 
regarding Iran and uh, and how can Greens across the country be a voice for peace on this matter? Well, putting aside kind of the White House theatrics uh, and, you know, what that is made to be all about, you know, the Green Party, you know, we, we know that the U.S. government is um, often the aggressor or the oppressor when it comes to um, the Middle East, when it comes to countries that um, either they perceive as hanging on to the oil, the U.S. somehow thinks they deserve to have, or, you know, kind of a different way of life uh, in talking than it is here in the United States. And so, you know, with, with Iran, there, uh, you know, there were some efforts uh, around looking at nuclear disarmament, but to be honest, you know, the Green Party um, stands for peace and nonviolence. Um, and so we're basically taking a position uh, saying that we, the U.S. government needs to exercise restraint and diplomacy. Um, it's, you know, in quoting Jill Stein, our former presidential candidate, where she talks about a peace offensive, uh, where, you know, we're kind of assertively and committed to negotiating, to de-escalating. I, I know there are tensions between these two countries, but, you know, what we, the last thing we need is for the U.S. once again to risk American lives, um, to uh, wreak more havoc in other countries as they have done in other countries in the past. Um, and so, you know, this, our, uh, with our media committee help, our you know, Peace Action Committee put out a very strong statement. You can see that at gp.org. Uh, and, you know, traditionally and continuing on the Green Party chapters, uh, state parties around the country um, are, are out there always talking about the importance of peace, the importance of diplomacy, the importance of the, of the United States um, becoming more involved in diplomatic solutions as opposed to aggression against other countries. Thank you for that, Gloria. Um, I want to remind folks you are, uh, that this is a green way forward, our live stream weekly from the Dr. Jill Stein Facebook page and also available as a podcast feed at agreenwayforward.org. My name is Michael O'Neill and I'm speaking live to Gloria Matera, one of the co-chairs of the Green Party of the United States. Um, moving to uh, domestic issues, uh, the the horrific news of, of ICE, uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement, uh, seeking to uh, take its it's just uh, brutal um, repression and rounding up and almost like hunting of of undocumented peoples in our country uh, is uh, in the news is very much on the minds of organizers and activists and and those who who care about justice in our country. Gloria, can you tell me about uh, the Green Party's? response to the recent escalation in these in the rounding up of of undocumented folks into concentration camps uh, as has been as that term has been raised in social media and in the media and i think it's an apt application of the term Uh, so what is the green party's uh response to that and also uh where are you seeing the impact of this uh escalation in New York City, where you reside. Well, you know, the first thing I, I just want to be able to say is that um, the Green Party, uh, kind of locally all over, has been have been coming out uh, from the beginning and talking about the atrocities of um, keeping children, uh, 
uh, in concentration camps, tearing families apart. Uh, now the the Trump uh, threat of rounding people up and kind of stepping up ICE deportations. Now there's a little game going on. Well, maybe I'll give the Democrats two weeks and see what happens. But what we have been a we have been saying, and I think that um, I'm really proud of my Green Party comrades because I see on Facebook, I see on local. Uh, Green Party listservs and websites uh, posting exactly what you can you can do and what your rights are and sharing that in the communities where it really matters. And the other thing I'm really proud of the Green Party is talking about how we, who are not under threat uh, by being deported or harassed by ICE, need to stand up for the communities that are. And that, you know, it's simply as if someone, you know, you know, ICE comes on your bus and starts um, trying to get people's documentation that someone someone like me can stand up and say, hang on a minute, you don't have to show them that, you can't be on this bus, you can't do that. And I think that that's something locally Green should be doing. And I'd like to hear uh, for those that are listening, you know, what you might be doing or planning in, in your communities. Uh, I only need to say in, uh, in New York City, I work in the public hospital system and we are already hearing that ICE will be uh, more aggressive, more assertively coming in to what we usually consider protected institutions because, you know, we service an undocumented population willingly and openly uh, in the New York City public hospital system. And so we've actually have a plan uh, that if ICE comes in, um, we and approaches any one of us as an employee, we're going to ask them to have a seat in a quiet place. Uh, they have to produce their credentials, and then we have to call kind of a higher level person so that we will not allow any patient interactions, won't be giving any information. And I think even these gestures, all of us standing up to do that, uh, is an important thing to do. Obviously, as a national Green Party and those uh, Green Party candidates who are running for office, we are pushing back, obviously, on a higher level that these policies must be changed. And, you know, as activists, um, as organizers, as eco-socialists, we know that what is happening in the concentration camps to those children, babies that are being held there, um, you know, we know that that is inhuman and we need to call that out. But I can't help but saying as a, as a mother and uh, a professional who's worked with children, mostly immigrant population and undocumented for over 20 years, it's just... Um, a combination of heartbreaking and it's so infuriating that, um, you know, we need, the public needs to step up uh, their outrage at this. These are children. There's no conversation about where they're from or how they got here. They are children and are being mistreated in a way that will traumatize them for years to come. And, you know, as a Green Party organizer and leader uh, and in many other hats that I wear, uh, we have to say unacceptable. Absolutely. And the the bipartisan uh, repression and um, and the disruption of the lives of 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 immigrants and uh, undocumented immigrants in this country is absolutely unacceptable. The latest iterations of that, of course, are horrifying. But I'm glad that you highlighted that this is a continuation of a policy that has uh, lasted for many decades and so I want to give a shout out to Meg, who said, uh, hashtag abolish ice in the chat. Absolutely. We resonate with that statement. And uh, I just want to really highlight that what what's, you're talking about is the awareness in your institution that ice is going to 
the places where people seek the necessities of life and and exploiting that in order to capture them and round them up and and deport them or hold them in in these uh just awful concentration camps and this is it's a moral uh, monstrosity and it must be opposed at every level and i'm glad that we have the green party to uh to contribute to that opposition both in the streets but also uh in elections and at the bi- ballot box with our candidates and it's important, Michael, that you mentioned the you know the the, the the bipartisan you know atrocities and and bad policies, humane policies, because um, you know obviously I think people are shocked uh, at what they're hearing that's happening lately, um, and even more shocked that you know the president of the United States and other high level uh, people in the Republican Party or his administration are saying you know absolutely awful things. Um, about immigrants and not caring about what these children are going through. But, you know, except for a little kind of, you know, kind of rattling um, and, you know, kind of getting, you know, shaking their fists once in a while, the Democrats are not stepping up to take care of this problem. They are not appalled and outraged enough to use whatever power they have, their bully pulpit, mobilizing their members, the labor unions, you know, the communities that usually kind of follow along the Democratic Party to really make enough um, of an outrageous out in the street, you know, in the media um, issue about this to put a stop to it. It's almost as if neoliberal Democrats are more disturbed by uncivil rhetoric than the the actual brutality of policies. And maybe they're disturbed by by uh, coarse rhetoric from the president because it unmasks the brutality of our society uh, that we exercise against the the poor and exploited peoples both here and abroad. So uh, before we wrap up, as we're approaching 830, I want to call attention to the uh, Extinction Rebellion action at the New York Times uh, this past week. I believe there were approximately 70 arrested in that action in New York City. And Gloria, I believe there were some Greens who were involved in that action. And can you enlighten our audience as to uh, who participated from our party? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's several Greens that have been attending the Extinction Rebellion events. Um, some of our Brooklyn Greens, Anya, Kitka, uh, Danny Liebling. But I want to particularly lift up uh, Diane Moxley, um, a, a Green Party former candidate uh, and member of the Green Party of New Jersey and a fellow revolutionary. She has um, come down to New York City for, I think, almost every uh, extinction rebellion action and she had her third arrest um this saturday so she was one of those 70 plus people who were arrested diane's been very uh, committed to this you know i think um extinction rebellion when you look at who they are and what they're doing there's a lot of crossover at the green party i think they're a real affinity organization that i think uh, greens can can and have been connecting with so interested if any of the the viewers are doing that kind of work or exploring that in their area. You know, they're an organization that has principles um, as we do, right? They're an organization that has very, you know, clear demands. And I think what I, I feel Extinction Rebellion has 
uh, going for them in a way that the Green Party does is that they are focusing on systemic change, right? They're, uh, for the most part, they're not protesting that X bill got passed or didn't get passed or one particular issue happened. They said, we have to target the system. They may not be saying the capitalist system, sure, but they want to target the system that is creating, you know, a climate crisis and a humanitarian crisis, whether it's here in this country or overseas. Absolutely. And yes, let's thank Extinction Rebellion for their fierce opposition uh, to our uh, climate-killing capitalist system. And let's uh, thank Diane and other Greens who have been participating in that movement. And it's certainly a movement where we want to see more Greens get involved. And uh, speaking of climate legislation, uh, some folks uh, tuning in from around the country might have heard that New York State passed some climate legislation last week. You might have heard in the in the media that it's historic, uh, that it's a great victory. Uh, it's historically garbage. It's garbage legislation. Uh, the The targets that are set is like what, like eighty five percent fossil free by twenty fifty, which is twenty years too late from what the science is telling us where we need to be at to avert catastrophic uh, climate catastrophe. And so, uh, you know, there is legislation in, in New York that explore. Full, I encourage folks to explore. The New York Off Fossil Fuels Act, it uh, is supported by the Green Education and Legal Fund here in New York State. It's supported by Food and Water Watch. There is national versions of the Off Fossil Fuels Act. And, uh, it, you know, this the legislation that was passed initially promised to uh, have a lot of funding for uh, for community groups and for frontline communities that have been the most affected by climate change and by pollution, that it was supposed to have this strong environmental justice angle. And so even though uh, the, the, the timeline for this bill was not great from the start, there were still elements uh, for assisting communities and funding community groups and frontline communities that were uh, noble and laudable. And you know, as Greens in New York State, we sought to combine those with the science-backed uh, timeline for a just transition. But what we got past, of course, uh, is this you know bad timeline, right? The twenty years too late and and short. And and then a watered down version of a bit of the parts of the bill that weren't that great to begin with. So that's exactly yeah. So uh, any thoughts uh, on on that, or further thoughts on that legislation, or or anything else regarding our our Democrat controlled uh, governor's mansion and assembly and state senate here in New York State? Right. Well, you know, of course, uh, you know, people were hopeful when once the Democrats kind of took control of all of New York state government, that there would be some different changes. And, you know, there have been some bills passed in a variety of areas, but, um, you know, a lot of organizing effort uh, went into trying to make sure that this bill was as strong as possible. Obviously, as you said, we were supporting, along with Food and Water Watch, the uh, Off Fossil Fuels Act. Uh, When many of us testified, we talked about that, but also said, just please pass a bill with strong, um, targets, uh, good labor standards, uh, uh, you know, just transition for, uh, you know, frontline communities. That's really not what happened. In fact, when I saw the Times headline, I was kind of confused. I thought I was reading The Onion. It was kind of historic. 
you know, groundbreaking. I'm like, what are people thinking around the country? This is wrong, wrong. It did not happen here in New York. Um, and, I, you know, the, and some other things like legal protections that people uh, felt were, like, were communities being able to sue. Um, that's not in there. Um, no real top uh, enforcement if agencies don't comply with the climate plan. And then I think where we, we really have to figure out what our next steps are is it says we don't have to review this plan until another three years from now. And so if you want to subtract that from our, what, 11 years or so that we have left, um, you know, the math is scary. The, the scenario is scary, catastrophic. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the Green Party here in, in New York. That was, um, and, and our allies who really worked on this, we're not done. I think we'll be having some meetings to really talk about, you know, what the next steps are. But I guess what I want to say is to the folks at home, do not believe that headline in the New York Times. This is not a historic bill, except, I guess, in the way uh, Michael has described it. As historic garbage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And other uh, important legislation that failed to get passed by our completely Democratic-controlled government, Democratic Party-controlled government, I should say, nothing on single-payer health care and nothing on the uh, legalization of marijuana. So, uh, you know, for everyone who just thinks that all we need is for Democrats to get elected, uh, it's going to take a lot more than that. So, uh, Gloria, on that note and on any other topic you'd like to touch on before we wrap up, uh, what are your final thoughts for our audience this evening? Sorry, I can't hear that. a bit noise in the background where I am. So sure. Michael. Your final thoughts here as we wrap up the show. Oh, well, uh, you know, it's great to be here. They're going to talk about the wide-ranging issues from... Um, you know, uh, peace offensive in, in Iran, uh, the climate crisis, uh, what our, you know, Greens are doing kind of to educate and, and activate themselves at our meeting. And so I think what it shows is uh, that the Green Party is far reaching. Um, you know, we have national, local, regional. In fact, I, I'm sorry, should commend that at our annual meeting, we actually will have a representative from the global Greens visiting us and speaking to us. And so, you know, I think continuing those ties uh, from the Green Party around the country for affinity groups, uh, working with groups like Extinction Rebellion, like some of the uh, DSA folks that are championing similar issues that we have in, you know, in their organization. Uh, all I can say is if you're not a member of the Green Party, just please check it out at gp.org. And uh, in many states, there are robust state parties who have their own websites. And so, uh, you know, check those out, too, because I think that uh, radicals, revolutionaries, uh, people wanting to break with the system are going to find a home in the Green Party. Thank you for that, Gloria. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in to A Green Way Forward. My name is Michael O'Neill. I am not with my usual co-host, David Cobb, this week, but we are looking forward to having him back next week, along with Jonathan Martin, a scholar who has written on the history of uh, independent third parties in the United States. And so we're looking to have him on just before Independence Day, or as we're calling it, Interdependence Day, where we are declaring independence from the two-party cartel and from corporate rule and declaring interdependence with our communities, with uh, the planet. And uh, I 
encourage you all to tune in. Again, it'll be Monday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page. And of course, podcast from agreenwayforward.org. And uh, as uh, Gil Scott Heron said, the well, as we like to paraphrase him, uh, the revolution will not be televised, but it will be brought to you live through unfiltered anti-corporate media like here on A Green Way Forward. And until next week, I encourage you to keep on keeping on. Peace. A Green Way Forward is broadcast live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time from Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page. Subscribe to our podcast and e-newsletter at agreenwayforward.org to make sure that you never miss an episode. You can also find us and rate us on iTunes, with more podcast platforms being added each week. Our theme music is Retro Future Dirty by Kevin McLeod, whose fine music can be found at incomptech.com and is available for use under a Creative Commons attribution license. This is Michael O'Neill for David Cobb reminding you to please spread the word about A Green Way Forward and to send us your thoughtful questions and comments to agreenwayforward at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.